Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're also joined by Pete, who's a longtime friend of the show and also a list contributor at Comic Book Resources. Pete, welcome back. Thanks for having me on again, guys. I'm really excited to join you once again and to talk about this episode. Yeah, this is going to be a really, really interesting episode to talk about. So we are, of <laughs> course, referring to the big news of the, lot, the big Rebels episode. I mean, there's only one Rebels episode. Right. But it's season three, episode 20 of Rebels, titled Twin Sons. And this was the one we've all been waiting for. Now, you know what's really cool about this? This was written by Dave Filoni and Henry, Henry Gilroy, and this was uh-huh. directed by Dave Filoni. So yes. that doesn't this, happen very often. No, it really doesn't, especially with his uh, promotion within the company. So that's, um, mm-hmm. that's well, pretty cool. And, and I think this. he even said on Rebels Recon that he personally storyboarded the last half of the episode or so. I did um, read that. Because he was he, he you know was so excited about this and and that sort of thing so uh, yeah it, it this is this is a big one right this this is a, the culmination of Star Wars like it, it ties together the prequels the original trilogy the Clone Wars Rebels all of the big things into one you know uh, I hesitate to say final confrontation but one one big culmination of of everything that's happened mm-hmm. um, so this is this is a a, a really great one. Um, I mean, we, we kind of gave the brief part of the episode right now, but this is season three, episode 20, Twin Sons, uh, as you said, written and directed by Dave Filoni and Henry Gilroy. Um, and in this episode, reacting to a vision of Maul, Ezra defies Hera and Kanan to travel to a remote planet in hopes of stopping the former Sith Lord from carrying out his plans. So, wow, this was a big one. Um, the episode started i think the episode they, they basically jumped right in uh to the episode right oh, yeah. with 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 maul uh t- on tatooine walking through the desert and we see him shout kind of, he's kind of like muttering to himself a little crazy again he's kind of had this arc right going from crazy to semi-sane if you can call maul sane at all and then back to crazy um paul what paul, paul pete jeez <laughs> uh, it is early we're recording but for the first time in a long time we started exactly on time i want to call that out there for all of our listeners so uh we started exactly on the dot um which is very important to them, of course yes exactly very um it matters to you guys and not but it matters to us um uh, but mal shouts kenobi uh in his angry way um Pete, what, what were your thoughts on 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 this episode, particularly how it begins? I, I thought the actual the cold open was really good. Um, it gives us an establishing point with Maul as a character, and we've mm-hmm. seen throughout Rebels when we went back to his lair on Dathomir. It's not exactly the house of someone that is entirely all there. He's clearly obsessing about his past. He's obsessing about Kenobi. He's mm-hmm. got the giant mural of Satine on the wall, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's someone that. We saw Mother Talzin take the the bad juju out of his brain um, in the Clone Wars, but he's never been someone that actually has got 
proper psychological counseling to get over what has happened in his life. Please <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you're hang saying. On. Yeah, Pete, I want to know, how much psychological counseling do you really think Maul needs? Is that is that one session, maybe a week of sessions? No, At what point uh, do we he, think he, Maul he, would actually come back and be like, can you yeah, get a bulk good. discount? He'd have to go in, inpatient for a little while, I think. Yeah, just, I, yeah, some follow-up appointments would be good. But uh, he's a person that was brought solo by Kenobi originally worked his way back up he had his own little criminal organization that he was establishing he became the ruler of Mandalore and then very quickly that was taken away from him by Sidious he was once again denied by Sidious he lost Mm -hmm. his brother and he lost his control of Mandalore and this is a guy that and then he even down the road in the comics he lost Mother Talzin this is a guy that's lost everything and he's broken and all he has left is his hatred and his desire for revenge against Kenobi and everything that he... Go go ahead, sorry. No, no, go ahead, finish. I was just going to say, all of his actions basically flow out of that one goal, and his mind is just constantly obsessing over that. Mm -hmm. And and it seemed like it was just the flame inside of him that just kept burning and burning and just basically eating away from him inside, and it just drove him mad. And really, he had nothing left except that vengefulness or revenge against Kenobi. Yeah, and and I was reflecting, too, recently last night, like, He's been going, he's been obsessing about Kenobi for almost 30 years, which is crazy really when you think time. about it, that's, right? That's insane. Yeah, because we had, you know, the, the, the 10 years between, or I, I would say, what, about 12 years between, uh, 10 to 12 years between when he appeared in uh, The Phantom Menace and reappeared in, in Rebels. Uh, sorry, Rebels, the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, he, he appeared midway through the Clone Wars, so it'd be you know about eleven ish years, I think. In uh, and then now it's been another eighteen, uh, nineteen again. If you if you consider he was in the middle of the Clone Wars, nineteen uh, years since then. So it's been r- approximately thirty years since he was struck down by uh, by Obi Wan way back in the Phantom Menace. That's a long time to hold a grudge. Mm-hmm. It's a long time to hold a grudge, but it's also take a look at the development of the character since that time and how what what always bothered me about him, he was so promoted before Phantom Menace and then he was mm-hmm. one and done. Okay. And then it took the Clone Wars to bring him back and make him so important within the universe. Because he easily could have just been uh, the one-and-done throwaway character. But look at what they've done to him over the years to keep him, I will say, relevant and a threat to the Jedi still, even though he's going insane. That's a heck of a way to treat this character. Yeah, they they, they, they took Maul from from someone who was, not very, who was cool but not very fleshed out to this really fantastic, well-rounded character. And that's all credit to Dave Filoni and... Um, Sam Witwer, uh, who you know, as is, is, folks do not know, voices uh, Maul. And, Sam Witwer was excellent. Oh, he was. He he was so good. I actually, I, I suppose Sam Witwer and Stephen Stanton were amazing in mm-hmm. this episode. Um, they they both did a, a killer job. And we'll talk more about Steve, Stephen Stanton's um performance in mm-hmm. in a little bit. But uh, but no, this they 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 really made Maul this interesting character. Um, and who's very well-rounded where he wasn't before. Um, so, so Maul's, you know, wandering through the desert, uh, in, uh, you know, in, in search of, of, of Obi-Wan. And it is interesting that like, you know, 
Maul knows what planet Kenobi is on, but he I, doesn't know where. Steven? I was trying to remember like where this they ended uh, Maul and Ezra in the previous episode. Did because I remember they'd <coughs> seen the twin sons, but did they know that Obi Wan was on Tatooine? No, because all I remember is they were talking about twin sons. I don't think they knew the planet. Okay, so that's just something that happens off screen. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And and Pete, I know you were you were complaining about this on Twitter. It um, wasn't. Yeah, it's not a huge complaint, but um, we when in the visions and voices episodes, we do have Maul say uh, it's a desert planet with two suns, uh-huh. um, and then you see actually on the screen. I was looking at the episode yesterday. You see the actual planet of Tatooine appear with two suns in the green witch's mist while they're saying it. Uh-huh. Um, so Maul, has, Maul knows exactly where it is, but Ezra would only have overheard that much of what we have established on screen. So my issue was how does Ezra figure out it's Tatooine? And it, right. I, I'd be able to hand wave that a lot easier if most of the season hasn't been about Thrawn trying to track them down to what planet they're on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's the, you've got an entire season-long arc about trying to track down to a certain planet and all of a sudden Ezra's able to do it like off screen in like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. So like that that's that's where the Fair. that's where the conflict came up for me with that. And, okay. and actually my my complaint with all that is like Thrawn should have known exactly where they are at this point. There's been mul- <laughs> he's had multiple times where he could figure out pinpoint the exact location of their planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, to be fair, we'll see, we'll be seeing next week, right? How yes. Thrawn actually finds out. So. Yes, yeah. Well, I think I think he just knows, and now he's going to attack it. I don't even think we'll see him find out. I think he already knows. Now, but. when it comes when it comes to Ezra about Tatooine, <clears throat> is it possible that yeah, Maul knows about Tatooine, but because Maul thinks of Ezra still as his apprentice, there was somehow the connection that drew Ezra to Tatooine, to where Ezra didn't have to go looking in star maps to find the planet that was gone with the gravitational pull around it. But in this case, it was Maul that drew him there because he still, at that point, called him Apprentice. I so think you that, have to explain it away that be. way. There is, there is definitely yeah. some sort of connection. Yeah. I, I think that's very likely. Um, but uh, <clears throat> but anyway, Maul, Maul is... he he Even though he knows what planet Kenobi is on, he doesn't know where on the planet. And mm. Tatooine's a very big very desolate planet and it's hard to find someone uh and so i liked how they had the long a lot of the long establishing shots with maul uh and 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 ezra later uh just showing them wandering looking for people and and ultimately maul decides that the only way to draw um to draw obi-wan out of hiding is to use ezra and that's why he uses those holocron fragments to call to ezra and and lure him to Tatooine. And I thought that was a really nice touch because if you go back to the Clone Wars when Maul first reappeared, he took a village on, I think it was Florum hostage and sent the message to draw Obi-Wan out. So oh, this is sort of right. this, this is his go-to move to get Obi-Wan to come to come to fight him. Yeah. Okay. I I do have to ask answer this question. I also require a bit of um the jumping around a bit, but um was was Ezra really necessary in this episode? So I'm going to start because this is my biggest issue with the entire episode is this. So when I think about like the Ahsoka Vader confrontation, that flowed mm-hmm. very naturally out of season two uh-huh. and everything that had happened in season two. This episode, though, like it Maul uses Ezra to capture Kenobi, but it 
Uh, and part of it's how they used Ezra and just kind of like dismissed him towards the end of the episode, which we'll get to. I like I totally agree. I just assume I will agree with the question you were proposing, which is Ezra did not feel necessary in this episode. I feel like Ezra was here solely to justify it, showing this scene in Rebels and not, you know, somewhere else. Okay, then the question I'm going to throw out there is how or who do you think would have been more more appropriate for this episode? Or would it just been uh, better? Nobody. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anyone that could have been better. It's more just like this This was a uh, – they were justifying showing Maul and Obi-Wan by throwing Ezra in there. So they can say, see, it's a Rebels episode because it has all your favorite Rebels characters in it that are – Kind of relevant to this episode, well, but not and, really. And that is the okay. big difference between Clone Wars and Rebels, right? Clone Wars, you, they could jump around and show us something that didn't require... Um, yeah, it didn't have the common threat. You know, didn't have the main cast versus Rebels, where in every major moment, they still need to have you know, uh, the, the cast there. Pete, do you, do you have any thoughts on, on Ezra's inclusion? Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes. Uh, Can't well, take I, a deep breath. <laughs> Deep brace myself. Um, yeah, I, I have to agree. I I think Steven's right on this. I think to me this felt like it should have been a the equivalent of a comic book one shot within a uh-huh. larger series um, if they were going to do it this way. Um, and I actually sat down and broke it down yesterday time wise. And we spent if you like take out the first like minute and a half, which is the cold open, mm-hmm. the next like fourteen to fifteen minutes of the episode are all just Ezra stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we end up getting about two and a half minutes of of Obi Wan and Maul total together, whether they're talking or fighting. Um, and it's it it felt very unbalanced to me. And it I understand what, I think what they're doing in some ways. It's like it's almost like uh, Ezra is the R two D two and C three PO. He's the the, <laughs> the the character that's there to witness all this go down. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting way I, to look at it. I, I think it does a disservice to the confrontation between Obi-Wan and Maul. I don't think mm. that had enough time within the scene to breathe. And I think that that's a result of having so much Ezra time in the episode. Yeah, and and, and I don't think it's... I'm not, I don't think we, we should have gotten more time of the in the confrontation itself, but I just would have loved to see more about Obi, Obi-Wan's life on Tatooine or just... Just a little bit longer scenes with him talking with Ezra. Like the the conversation itself doesn't have to be as fast, and I think we'll get into that mm-hmm. a bit later too. But as, as you said, Pete, um, I feel like Ezra's scenes like forced. I, I yes. Now you know I think in in Rebels Recon, Carrie Beck said they wanted to work with the legacy characters without losing sight of the main characters in the show, like Ezra. So Maul finding Obi Wan had to be Ezra's fault. Mm-hmm. And Filoni himself felt so strongly about Ezra's involvement that he personally storyboarded the episode from the time Ezra walks through that archway to the very end. Mm-hmm. And I get that. I totally do. Um, I, you know, Originally, I think Kanan was supposed to be in this episode as well, and they ended up focusing on, on, on just Ezra so that um, they could kind of streamline it a bit. What I think, though, is, okay, fair enough. If you really want to have Ezra involved, okay, Um but you don't need quite as much time. Like Chopper did not add any value except for Ezra feeling alone and sad in the desert. Um, and True. and like honestly, I was not. I feel like I I would have rather had less time spent on Chopper base at the very least. Like if you want to keep yeah. Ezra in the episode, great. But just mm-hmm. have him go straight to Tatooine. Right? He already knows where it is on Tatooine. 
it would have been awesome to see personally i would have loved to see maul set up some village like he did in the clone wars and have Mm -hmm. you know obi-wan try to rescue them Uh, and Mm -hmm. that's how he pulls out um he, he pulls out ezra or or you know i don't think you want to go this far but maybe somehow threaten luke in some way so that's what originally happens well, in the visionaries comic where this kind of i don't want to say started a long time yeah. ago that seemed a little bit more natural to me than having ezra just kind of be responsible yeah hmm. so, I don't and, know. I, I, and, I, and i don't know if it may be we spend like a bunch of time on Adelon at the beginning and that might even I know they talked about developing like a whole new character model they didn't use and mm-hmm. deleted scenes but it, they may have decided that in terms of production it was cheaper just to do the stuff on Adelon than it was to actually fully render all the new environments on Tatooine that they were going to do like the potentially going to a settlement and stuff yeah um, they were considering that, that factored, yeah so that might have factored into it it's but it comes back to me I mean I'm a fan of rebels but it's it's tough to compare Ezra to the legacy characters. So when you have them juxtaposed so strongly against each other in the same episodes, mm-hmm. it's kind of like comparing most Eisley to Cursant. It's just like one shines really <laughs> brightly and one is just kind of, yeah, it's, it's a city, but, you know, it's it's just there. Right. You see, I think in this case, when you're talking legacy characters and Ezra, listening to all this, I think the one that could have bridged the gap better probably would have been Kanan. Because Kanan, at least you knew, had more of a history because they developed him in the comics first and then brought him into Rebels and he had more of the development in the novels before Ezra. Ezra develops, Ezra started in Rebels. So Kanan, in this case, would have been the better bridge between the Legacies and the, and the Rebels. Why they didn't go that route, maybe because Kanan at the end would have said, hey, I found Obi-Wan, instead of just... You know, I well, found my that... family, and this is where I belong. Sorry to well, jump ahead, but <laughs> yeah, no, because that's a whole other subject, I think, as well. But yeah, I know, and, and we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll get to that we'll at the end. That, but yeah. yeah, we'll get to that at the end. But I, I think, I think in this case, if you're looking at tying between, then I think Kanan would have been the better choice because he does have that. He's older, and he has at least a history with the, with the Jedi because he was a Padawan, and it would have made it probably easier for people to accept him being the one that could bridge the two. Yeah. And if that's I, what I'm hearing correct. And to, to carry off Tom's point, not to sort of talk too much here at the beginning, but I would I, I would know. say that I would say that the better bridge even would be Rex because absolutely we have that's right. Okay, we, we have established in canon that Rex and Ahsoka both fake their own deaths to survive. And in this episode, Rex is positive because Bail Organa told him that uh, Obi-Wan was dead, that Obi-Wan was dead, but now there's a chance he's alive. Wouldn't it be natural for Rex, one of the few people that actually spent probably the most time out of anyone that's still alive yeah. with Obi-Wan to go looking yeah. for him? And yeah. to be someone that Ezra would that would sort of take Ezra with him or Ezra would take him with yeah. him to go looking for him? So that's that's so, the sort of, that's the part that's another thing that's sort of like, well, why didn't they use Rex in this situation? Yeah, or 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 even like why didn't Rex seem to care that much at all mm. um so you know on, on chopper base ezra wakes up and we get another scene with uh, one of our you know uh, main characters in their pjs uh one of the, one of the rare <laughs> pj important. scenes uh <laughs> it's, it's a big moment because you got to add their 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 new uh, model to you know to the to the list um 
And Ezra hears the voice of Obi-Wan's message from season one, warning the Jedi to stay away. So he kind of, he follows the sound of Obi-Wan's voice to the holocrons where they're lit up. And suddenly the, the Sith holocron lights up and says Kenobi. And he realizes that Maul is back. And so, you know, he, he tells, um, uh, he tells Kanan that, and then immediately they go, they go over to Phoenix command and, and Ezra insists that they have to go over or after Maul and, and save master Kenobi. Um, but nobody wants to. Every single person there is like, nope, we have more important things. We're not going to go after Obi-Wan. We don't even think he's alive. As you said, uh, Senator Organa told everyone that that uh, that Kenobi was dead, which is interesting. Um, not surprising, but interesting. Um, and And so as a result, he, you know... Oh, and actually, what I also loved is how Kanan flat out reminds... Ezra, that the last time he heard Maul's voice, it was a lie, uh, in visions and voices, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of like a nice smackdown, like you know you're wrong, um, but but Ezra is so annoyed that he just goes off and, and steals an A wing, a training A wing, yeah, that was one of the things he did ask. He asked which ones were fueled, and I guess the 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 trooper said this train now. Here's a good question. What's the difference between a regular A-wing and a training A-wing? It really more doesn't space. matter. It got a, more well, space. Cockpit, probably. Is it the, uh, the yeah. extra seat probably in the back no that there Chopper extra, was sitting on? That's right. Thank you. Thank you. A little slow this morning. I just had my mocha, <laughs> so it's it's going to kick in in any second now. Um, but yeah, no, that, that actually does make sense. But it just seemed weird to have Ezra... It feels like... It felt like unnecessary conflict to have Ezra have to go against the... Um, what everyone else was was saying, I, I would have just rather had him just go, mm-hmm. in some it, ways. Or it uh, felt like it was they're trying to ensure that no other characters were going to follow Ezra by the, clearly having them all state, "Oh no, what you're doing is silly. You shouldn't be doing it. You should just ignore it and going that way." Okay, but still, there was the one character that followed him, and naturally, well, it's the chopper. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I don't know. You you think that like yes, they're preparing for their attack on Lothal, and yes, Ezra knows Lothal best. But I I don't know. It it does seem like if there's a chance that a Jedi Master, a true Jedi Master, sorry, Kanan, uh, is <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, is alive, like he might be pretty important for the rebellion. Mm-hmm. And okay. you you know that Maul's been this 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 problem before. So if Maul wants something, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I have You're to say, I, far too logically. Yeah, <laughs> but but you you have to love the line about you know if he were alive, do you think he'd be hiding in some backwater world instead of helping us? Oh yes, I, I mean I that, did love that that actually one. was was a good line, very well delivered. Yep, uh, and, and a good point, right? Because I think that's that's the whole reason why Kenobi is there. He mm-hmm. people wouldn't expect him to be there, right? And they also don't know that he actually had a mission to fulfill, and that was, you know, protecting the hope for the Jedi. Yeah. Exactly. True. So, so do you I guys know, know I, if this was... Sorry, 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 but do you guys know if this was the first time we heard Ezra actually had a rank within the military? Or within within the, the, the Phoenix Squadron? No, because they, they mentioned it in an earlier episode this season, because he got like a brevet promotion, and then they like, on one of the episodes, Sato promoted okay. him. Oh, I don't remember okay. which one it was. Oh, I forgot about that. You are very right. Um, As usual, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Not all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes though. So so Chopper pilots the A-Wing. You know, he he appears in the back of the ship, uh, much to uh, Ezra's surprise. Uh, and Kanan was originally supposed to be with Ezra here, but they switched it out to ch- for, for, with, with Chopper. And honestly, I think Chopper was probably there so that they, he, Ezra could have someone to talk to and he wouldn't be talking to himself, uh, if, if I had to guess. <laughs> um, that seems uh, quite possible. And then add a little bit of drama with Chopper being sanded up and in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, they basically follow the, the, the source of the holocrons to the surface and then uh that's when yeah it, it was interesting because because ezra tells chopper to stay with the ship and you can almost hear him say no problem he's like rum, 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 you know or something <laughs> um so i don't know he, he's almost getting easier to understand in many ways i think a lot of it has to do with the way the characters are responding back to him because they're almost mm-hmm. they're not repeating what he said they're just answering him mm-hmm. yeah which they've makes got it... the sorry go, go ahead Tom. no 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 go ahead go ahead okay, they've got the droid writing down very very well yes and it's the c3po and r2 uh kind of relationship where you don't actually need to hear the r2 speaking to know what he's saying and right it's a wonderful thing to have in star wars Ab- mm-hmm. absolutely cuz you really don't need to have somebody keep repeat repeat what the droid say said and then respond Back to it. If you just respond back to the droid, you can understand the conversation going on, which is great. Yeah. But I do think there is a reason why Chopper was there because, and again, jumping further, there was a nice callback to a scene later with Chopper when he was with Obi-Wan and Ezra that Uh I caught. And that was when he got plugged into the battery pack. It was almost like R2 being plugged into a battery pack on the surface. Yeah. So that to me was a good reason because there was that nice nod to Empire. Yeah, yeah, and I, I did like that that little connection there with the little yeah. the, the the recharger. Um, also, we we know how much the Rebels loves to reference uh, classic movies and stuff. Was that a North by Northwest reference uh, at at the beginning? Because Ezra tells oh. Chopper to head North by Northwest. Pretty sure that was a reference to the movie and not just uh um I wouldn't be surprised. I, I yeah, wouldn't I be surprised. Either. Although I missed that to be fair. So Did, you know what? Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> Same here, but I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, uh, anyway, so the so Ezra finds these frag you know, he he follows the fragments of the of the the Jedi Holocron and stumbles across fragments of a Sith Holocron. And that's when he realizes that it's a trap. I'm not sure why he he realized it was a trap because he knew. I, don't, I feel like he should have known that he was following Maul all along. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, that's when the Tuscan Raiders attack uh, and completely destroy Ezra's A Wing. Um, wow. What did you guys think of the. I mean, it felt very Tatooine to have the Tuscan Raiders mm. in this episode. Oh, yeah. It felt. I was wondering for a long time if that was the actual valley where uh, Luke was as well in episode four. I was thinking the same thing and never really focused on it because this was at night, right? This was dark, yep. not during the daytime. Yeah. Okay. Yep. In in the uh, in the episode guide, they actually posted earlier this morning. I was looking through it, and it's actually the Judlin Wastes where he lands. Yes, which I so, love too. It's probably that same group of of Tuscan Raiders. Two years later, they're like, 
There's some other kid out here. <laughs> the only Why do they seen. keep coming here? <laughs> You'd think they'd learn. They're looking teenagers. around for like a red blade to cut him down. Uh, <laughs> now, this may, didn't really bother me in the episode, but I guess I, I saw it on Wikipedia last night. Apparently, the uh, when we see him in the episode, the Tuscan Raiders are using basically blaster rifles. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they should be slug throwers so it should have been a projectile instead of a laser beam uh, but that's just like an, right. I'm not sure how they did animate that though so I guess they would, that's a they good would, point it would have been harder but yep oh that's too bad you're right you're totally right now that I now that you mention it well uh, my they also did not have flowing robes just went down a number <laughs> 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 they also don't have flowing robes because budgets yeah, budget. um, yeah. Uh, I, I did like the inclusion of the Tuscan Raiders, though. And it, again, you're right. It felt very much like a new hope. Uh, it, it was kind of <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. A long time ago when I was growing up, uh, we were redoing uh, one of the bathrooms in the house. And the guy, the contractor who was like doing the work, he claimed that he was one of the Tuscan Raiders in a new hope. Uh, I have no idea if he was like. I have no idea if he was actually telling the truth, and I suspect he was completely lying. I'm most positive. Well, I might just imagine um, he probably walked into your house and he's like, "Oh, Star Wars posters on the wall. There's a bunch of books scattered around. Some action figures on the, the floor." Kid. I yeah. I wonder if this kid likes yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. He he, yeah. he claimed that he's like, "Oh yeah, I played one of those Tuscan Raiders," and I'm 99 percent sure he was lying. But um, that that feels a little low to me. But yes. But now, as a kid, I was like, oh, you were in Star Wars? You know? <laughs> okay, now wait a minute. William, your job at Celebration this year, if there is a guy there that claims he's a Tuscan Raider, Go you walk see, up you... to him and ask him, did you come into my house and do construction work when I was a kid? That sounds a little creepy, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Have you visited my house as a child? <laughs> And he's gonna be waiting, and then you know, uh, I can't even remember the guy's name anymore. Who's the? Uh... Anyway, and he's just not looking around for the camera and be like, "I'm not gonna answer oh, any of these questions." Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, but that... anyway, now did anybody uh... did anybody expect when the Tuscan Raiders appeared and all all the kerfuffle was happening? Did you expect to hear the sound effect uh, from Obi Wan doing that? Yes. That, uh... Yeah, I, I so uh-huh. expected that in the I background. I was very, very happy they did not. That scene already felt a lot like episode four to me. I if I was actually expecting it, and I was dreading mm-hmm. it was going to happen. Well, well also, the, which which sound effect would they have used? The... the oh. <laughs> not, the, not the new one? <laughs> the new one, the old one, or the middle? Not the new old one. Okay, old, but they could they could have done it this way. They could have at least had the sound effect, but Obi-Wan didn't have to appear. It could have been the sound effect, but then they could have had, you know, Darth, uh, it could have had Maul slice everybody. But it... <laughs> Wow, that was really good. Wow. I felt like I was there. So, um, <laughs> but no, I, I expected that. I, I expected it to, to, to show up. Luckily, I don't know if it would have bothered me or not. I don't think I would have groaned if it did. Uh-huh. But the way that the show had those nice little callbacks, I probably would have just blown it off because I expected it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't you, expect right, I didn't expect to see Obi Wan show up like he did in Episode Four. I just yeah. expected to hear the sound effect. Well, see, I, yeah, I don't know. I was going back and forth. I I think I'm with you, Stephen. I was fully expecting to hear that sound effect and then have Obi Wan suddenly appear, and that's that's what happens, right? Like, I don't know, like the 
anytime the Tusken Raiders attack someone, that's where Obi-Wan is, like the bat signal for Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. right? Um, but no, uh, they didn't. In, in fact, it was it was not Obi-Wan, but Maul who came and uh, who, who attacked and, and cut down the Tusken Raiders. Do, do you guys think that were the Tusken Raiders part of the trap that Maul laid? For, I think so. Or, yeah, I or think was so. it... But then why would he cut him down? Like, I, I think, I, I wonder if maybe it was just purely coincidental. No, I, it start. <laughs> go ahead, Stephen. Sorry. I started talking and started coughing. Um, <laughs> no, to me, it felt like this was Maul making sure that uh, Ezra truly was stranded and in danger and, mm-hmm. like, unable to, to be safe without uh, help from our dear friend. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I'll, 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 that makes sense. Um, so Maul, Maul cuts down the Tusken Raiders, but he leaves Ezra and Chopper there, and then they wake up uh, hours later, now now in the middle of the day, and 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 wander through the Tatooine desert. Uh, one of the things I really appreciated about this episode was how they took the time to have a lot of those lingering or or establishing shots, uh, mm-hmm. just like. Uh, in a new hope right mm-hmm. the pacing was part other parts of the episode were faster but when they had those shots of tatooine they you could tell they took the extra few seconds they didn't shave them off um so that it felt a lot more like tatooine and i, I love that and also they had the, the the classic wipes in there as well which was really nice the classic transitions um so i, I thought they did a, a really really good job uh, of of showing just how desolate and, and remote tatooine is um, so, you know, Ezra and Chopper are, are, are walking through the desert and, you know, Ezra sees a vision of Maul, uh, way off in the distance and he disappears. And so Ezra and Chopper have a fight, not dissimilar to R2 and, and 3PO actually. <laughs> uh, uh, Pete. Uh, yeah, I just, I really like that moment. It was just a nice little callback to R2 and uh, 3PO arguing in the desert. Yep. I guess anytime you're stuck in the middle of the desert, you're probably going to argue about which way which to go. Which way to go? Because you have no idea. Right. Uh, it can't be fun getting stuck in the desert to begin with either. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be, especially with Chopper. Jeez. The way oh, he is. Brutal. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but in this case, they weren't arguing purely over the direction. They were arguing over the, you know, the, their, their, their purpose as well, like their mission. Because Ezra insists on going after obi-wan and chopper disagrees saying that it's just return to a settlement and get the heck out of there um and so that's why you know ezra starts to walk off and it's like well you know see you soon i'd invite you on this mission anyway and um we get this this nice little moment where chopper kind of looks back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and finally decides oh forget it and goes with uh ends up going with ezra you could you could see it, you know the decision going through chopper's circuits but did he, nice. did he warble no and then decide to move after shaking his head back and forth for a minute <laughs> <laughs> no no not at all um but so they're walking through this the desert and you know they're immediately caught in a sandstorm dusty and you know they make it out, but they're dusty and dehydrated. And that's when Chopper runs out of power and Ezra begins to despair. Saying he doesn't know what to do. It's all his fault. 
that sort of thing. Um, and, and as much as I was not a fan of Ezra necessarily in the episode, I liked, I liked these moments in here. This one felt good. What do you guys think? Hmm. No, no, no thoughts. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's totally fine. Um, so we, we hear Maul's voice again saying, you know, he's dead. You led me to him. You failed your friends. You know, each time Ezra's like, no, no. And when he says you will die, that's when Ezra jump like knights his blade, jumps after Maul, uh, only to discover that it's it's actually not Maul at all. It's, it's just another vision. Uh, Ezra needs voice to have is in his, his head. head checked Ooh. out. Yeah. Ezra needs to have his head checked out. <laughs> Goes back um, to visions of voices. Yes, <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, I, I did real quick in the I don't know if you guys noticed in the model of of Maul we actually see ch- chunks taken out of his legs and all sorts of damage just to show how long he's been in the desert even though in this case it was a vision like it, you could see it early in the episode as well mm. and so I I enjoyed that there but now we get the introduction everyone's been waiting for a boot walking along the sand and then from Ezra's point of view staring Sorry. up for a moment I thought you were going very Canadian on us I was, I was going to oh, say the no. same thing we've like all been waiting for a boot a boot, boot <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi like what A uh, no um, did you say A <laughs> but no um, it was uh, it was old Ben himself uh, staring down at Ezra thoughts on the introduction of old Ben. Was this how you were expecting him to appear in the episode? I think in this case, for me, it was only natural because you have somebody lost in the desert and okay. It's natural because he must have known Ezra was force force sensitive. But the question is, how did he know his name was Ezra Britchard? Unless it was chopper because he had chopper charging Chopper was the one who basically gave him all the information about what was going on. And then to hear, I have to say, Stephen Stanton doing the voice of, of um, the old voice of Obi-Wan, it's outstanding. Just to hear him say, spot you're in the on. wrong place. Yeah, just, just spot on, uh, Sir Alec Guinness. I mean, I loved every minute totally of this agree. scene. Yeah. There, there were a few moments and, where I thought, oh, maybe he could have like drawn out the word a little bit longer. But then when I rewatched, I'm like, oh, no, you know what? This feels pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just just the whole time. It's like that from this point on for the show, for me, I have to say I was like a kid again because mm-hmm. you're watching you're you're watching. I would say a caricature of Sir Alec Guinness on screen but nailed and perfectly they they acted imperfectly the voice acting was perfect everything about that character on screen mm-hmm. was just sir alec guinness from episode 4 i mean it we haven't seen old ben since you know on, on screen since 1983 yeah right it's been a long time and even then like 83 that was you know that was hologram, you know, a force ghost, uh, Obi-Wan at that point. Right. Um, so it really does bring you back to a new hope. And yeah. while we've seen a lot of Obi-Wan over the years now, 
there was something about old Ben mm-hmm. uh, that just, yeah, it, it kind of gave you those chills. It just felt yeah. so good. And Pe- and there was and there was nothing. I mean, the the great juxtaposition in this episode, you had it start out with James Arnold Taylor Taylor doing his Obi Wan, which made total sense because it hooked up to the prequels. Mm-hmm. But then in the same episode, you had old Ben in this. I, it was great. I actually talking about this episode, I may watch it again today. Because <laughs> yeah. no, because I I actually because just from that point forward, and and I have to say. To me, almost at this point, it's almost two episodes for yeah. me. And and it really, not saying the first part was slow, but it really hit its stride when Ben came on screen. No, Very you're, you're so, right. Yeah. It, it, the the yeah. rest of it's just like preamble. The, this is the meat of the episode. Yeah. Uh, and this is where it gets good. And and I will say, just piggybacking on what Tom said, that I really enjoyed the, the bookends that we got with James at the beginning and yep. Stephen at the end. James has a has more of a there's an energy in his voice mm-hmm. whereas Steven's uh, whereas Steven's performance felt much more like Obi-Wan could basically sigh at any moment mm-hmm. there's, 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 <laughs> yeah. there's a there's a wistfulness there's an exasperation to basically this is a guy that's been meditating he's been thinking a lot he's he's got his eye on a much bigger picture he's moving at a slower more deliberate pace mm-hmm. um and I thought that vocally that was conveyed nicely by the the change in actors mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and 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 Obi Wan in this case, old Ben has is very much a more of a mentor role to Obi Wan at this point, right? He 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 knows exactly what's going on. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he he offers to help Ezra, and Ezra immediately tries to to you know warn uh, Obi Wan about about Maul and, and try to save him. But Obi Wan's like, yeah, I already know. Uh, one doesn't survive long as as long as I have uh, by being foolish or unprepared. Maul's so an old adversary is, and persistent one at that. Who do you think uh-huh. is uh, Obi Wan's contact for all things uh, related to the rebellion and the rest of the galaxy? <laughs> I, oh, I don't think he has. I think it's probably the Force, right? Um, well, there's you have the the there's there's two obvious ones that we've seen in the series. One would be. It's possible that Yoda could appear to Obi Wan the same way he mm-hmm. appeared to Ezra, and Obi Wan yeah. is strong enough to be able to make that connection without being in like a temple. Uh, um, Yoda's like, "Yo, Obi Wan, how's it hanging? Here's what's going on." But more more likely, I it it makes sense that there might be a dead drop somewhere in like Mos Eisley where Bale can drop him information like every six uh, months to yeah. a year just to mm-hmm. keep him updated and let them know what's going on. No, it's so not time have, yet. It's not time yeah. yet. It's not time yet. <laughs> so it seems like there might be some kind of basically spy game system set up where he can get information to Obi-Wan without risking Obi-Wan's exposure. Hmm, interesting. That, that you, was my guess as well. I don't... I, I, I like the idea, and yet part of me is like, I don't know if I, if, if that would... Is that too dangerous? I, I almost think that Luke and Obi-Wan, because, you know, because of who Luke, Obi-Wan is protecting... Uh, the, he just like says no. I don't want any concept con- contact whatsoever. Don't mm. ever reach out to me. Mm. Um, we cannot have any hint that that they're connected. Uh, even though I like the whole dead drop idea. Okay, but a dead drop would. If you go to uh, Rogue One, and you have Bale say, "I know." Oh yeah. 
I think I've got this all mixed up. Yeah, I know somebody who can help us. Well, at that point, he knew Obi-Wan was alive. So that does kind of tie into a dead drop thing to where you had Bale who could give him dead drop information every once in a while to tell him what's going on to kind of prepare him for that moment to where he's going to have to come out and he's going to have to help Luke and he's going to have to help the rebellion. I could see it in that case. Yeah. And the fact that he has to send his daughter instead of communicating it might speak to the fact that any kind of direct communications is too dangerous. Right. They don't have a system for direct communications. They have to use actual people. Yep. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree there. That's a good point for sure. Yeah, but but still, it, I I love the whole portrayal of of Obi Wan here, and like the the animations were flawless. About you know mm-hmm. the way his mouth moved and his eyes crinkled, and uh, it was just so good, um, so so good. It was interesting. I think it was in Rebels Recon, Steven Santon that said he he got the job because he just told Ben he told Dave Filoni, yeah, I do a, a great old Ben impression, and uh, that was <laughs> that was about it. But I think at this point, <laughs> Stephen Stanton, Stephen Stanton is becoming like the new D. Bradley Baker. Uh, he, he's like the yeah. D. Br- D. Bradley Baker, mm-hmm. like D. Bradley Baker was in the Clone Wars, where Stephen Stanton just voices everyone and their brother. Um, you know, from AP five to you know, like <laughs> I don't know, you you name them. Uh, Stephen Stanton's probably voicing them, Tarkin, all that good stuff. Um, but. Uh, I can't complain with that. <laughs> no, nope. he, he he does such a good job. He he, he nope. really does. Uh, so so this is where things get interesting, right? Uh, as if they weren't interesting before. Um, <laughs> and o- Obi Wan, old Ben says he has no intentions of fighting Maul, uh, uh, although he says it seems inevitable now. Why don't you think he wanted to fight Maul? Has he just let his feud with Maul go, or is it because of who he's protecting? I think it's easier for him to drop any kind of revenge. Well, you look at it this way. Because he is a Jedi, Jedis don't take revenge. So in his case, he was able to drop everything, let everything go, let his hate go for Maul, realize there's nothing he can do about it, and move forward. Whereas he didn't get consumed by hate and revenge that Maul was. So he had no intention. Because he's just like, you know what? I'm done with this. I have a different job now. I have to protect Luke. There's no point for me to fight anymore until it's time. And to fight Maul, it's not time. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, um, Maul is still hung up on its conflict with Kenobi, but Kenobi himself, he's he's spent a lot of time, you know, probably meditating in the in the desert, talking with mm. Yoda, learning about the Force, protecting Luke. He he knows that. You know, despite all that Maul has done to him, killing his master Qui Gon, killing Satine, who was he was very close to, um, I think he's kind of given it up, and he realized that there are bigger things. And maybe I wonder he he might even think that he might even pity Maul at this point because Maul is one of the. Like, oh, as, as you gave a great recap oh, yeah. at the beginning of the episode, Pete, about where where Maul is at at this point. Yeah, and it's. Uh, on one hand, Obi-Wan has to let go of everything as part of his training to become one with the Force so he can eventually become a Force ghost. So he has to, part of that is letting go of his past and letting go of his own personal emotions. Yeah. Um, but Maul is, Maul is, was from a child trained to be a murderer, trained to be a weapon. He, he's been trained to, to do nothing but hate and to garner power. He's basically, he, he's the sort of the Sith code personified. 
Um, and even when he's given chances to break away from that, he doesn't know how to. He can't. He doesn't have the tools to escape his own hatred. Mm-hmm. Um, and in at this point, he's basically a broken. He's a dangerous, dangerous weapon. And the, the what came to my mind when I was seeing these scenes, this is kind of funny, was a scene from a, an older movie and a, based on a book was To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. And you have the scene of the rabid dog. And you you see in that in that scene, you see Atticus not wanting to take up the rifle, but being forced to take up the rifle because the other person can't shoot well enough to do it. And he has to kill the rabid dog to protect his family and to protect mm. the kids. In this case, it's it's Luke. It's it's Ben doing the same thing to protect Luke from Maul. Mm-hmm. You know, Maul doesn't mean Maul doesn't even know may, possibly doesn't even know exactly what he's doing. He's just mm-hmm. so crazed. Um, but it leaves Obi Wan with no choice but to fight him. No, you're you're, yeah. you're yeah. completely right. That's exactly yeah, what happens. Um, because you know, e- e- even later, Maul. <coughs> Maul confronts Obi-Wan and, and and they're they're talking, right? And and Maul starts to wonder aloud why Ben came to Tatooine. And he's like, No, it's not simply to hide. No, you must have a purpose teaching protecting someone, something or someone. And it's not until he says, or you're protecting someone, not until he realizes that very mo that very uh, concept that Kenobi actually ignites his lightsaber. The whole time Maul has lightsaber out, but Kenobi, mm-hmm. you know, didn't want to fight. The only time he decides, well, it's go time is when uh, is when Maul realizes about Luke. And I, I well, thought this... I thought that was a beautiful parallel to Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where Vader's basically doing the same thing to Luke. Yeah. As Maul was doing to Kenobi. And I just, I, just, I love that sort of parallelism. The thing I found most interesting is we get a uh, pretty major red ha- uh, retcon here in terms of some prophecies that may have been spoken in uh previous movies okay did any of you guys pick up on that oh yes oh yes (laughs) (laughs) was it the okay go ahead the line so the line that particularly gets maul i guess uh did this happen now or was it later actually it was later it was much later. oh well i'm gonna talk about it now because i started talking about it on accident go ahead talk (laughs) Um, about it so after things have happened uh maul asks obi-wan you know, who he's protecting, and then ask him, is it the Chosen One? Mm-hmm. And the reply is yes. Now, yeah, traditionally, of course, the Chosen One is Anakin. In right. fact, in every other instance of canon that we have, it is Anakin. Yeah. No, this is huge. Until yeah. today. I mean, we, I think we've, we've kind of talked about, like, thought, thought people, people speculated, fans have speculated for a long time, right? You know, is is Anakin really the chosen one if you know he, he he didn't really bring balance and I think during the Mortis arc there was a discussion of the chosen one as well and but it you're right it it was not until this episode here where Obi-Wan acknowledges no Anakin's not the chosen one it's Luke mhm and that I, especially with you know less are we less than a year to go until episode 8 no. Yeah, yes. probably a year and a half is my yeah. guess. Oh, Somewhere no. between one and two years. No, 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 no. It's December. Isn't yeah, it this year? Oh, I'm sorry. Is... I'm sorry. I, I'm thinking, sorry, in universe till episode four. Yeah. No, uh, yes. yes. I'm December. About... <laughs> we're we're going into what we all know is going to be the first movie with Luke. Right. I mean okay, yes, se- spoilers. Seven technically has Luke, but nah, not, not really. really. Okay. Uh, so this is, you, this is huge. <laughs> yeah. 
No, it's massive. Like Luke mm-hmm. is a chosen one. Not and not only is it interesting that they confirm that he's a chosen one, but Maul asked if he was the chosen one, mm-hmm. which I think is also the first time that the Sith have been interested in the chosen ones. Usually, the Jedi talking about the chosen one. Well, mm-hmm. I feel like Palpatine okay. might have been. In- I'm sure was interested, but anyway. Okay, but I do have a question in this respect. Since Namal now knows he is the chosen one, why did he say that last line of "He will avenge us"? Yes, uh, that's that. Ne- that's the next question. Do the what does Maul mean by avenge? <laughs> yeah. Huh? What Paul? What Pete? Paul? Jeez, again, <laughs> I'm no, tired. No respect. No respect. We've never even had a guest named Paul on the show. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you mean uh, until today? Yeah, until, until today. today. Yeah. Well, do- I think it's because I keep getting texts from a friend named Paul who needs help with something. Uh, anyway. But we, we in the Legends, the Sith had their own prophecy of the Sithari, which was like the Sith chosen one. Mm-hmm. Um, and But we don't really know if the Sith have their own like interpretation or own reading of the Jedi prophecy. Because it stands to reason they'd be aware of it. Um, because mm-hmm. they were sort of always infiltrating and trying to get information from the Jedi. And they mm-hmm. had Jedi that had, through the years, like become part of their numbers. So it's possible if they had they knew of the 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 prophecy and might have had a slight different reading of it. Mm-hmm. But okay, the the one the one thing we did do is we kind of jumped to let's say um, when the battle was over. We have not talked about the actual the actual lightsaber fight in yeah. and of itself. Oh oh, and, and before we do that, sorry, one more thing about about okay, no the problem. chosen one. Um, I thought it was interesting that Ben old Ben's response, Obi Wan's response to. Uh, tell me, is it the chosen one? Was not actually yes. It was, he is. Which is uh, I, I, it's something that it is very it parallels uh, nicely with what Yoda says in, uh, you know, in Return of the Jedi. Right? It is Darth Vader, my father, and Yoda says, "Your father, he is." The Jedi don't like to say yes. They just like to say, yeah, he is. <laughs> well, because this way it keeps it ambiguous. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Well, it's not that ambiguous. Yeah. Uh, but but anyway, re- rewinding a bit to, to before the fight, Ezra tells Obi-Wan about his vision uh, and that you know Obi-Wan will be the one to help them destroy the Sith. And this ties that again nicely in with the whole Chosen One discussion because... Ben simply says, hmm, it's the first I've heard of it. <laughs> you know, like he has no intentions to fight the Sith at this point. And he knows, I mean, I, I kind of got the impression he, he was like, oh yeah, that's not me. That's, that's this other guy, but I'm not going to tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he tells Ezra that he already has everything he needs to defeat the empire. Now that line struck me as kind of odd. Okay. Is he speaking okay. specifically in terms of the Empire on Lothal? Because I don't think we have any evidence that Ezra has what he needs to defeat the entire Empire. <laughs> no, certainly not. In fact, <laughs> like, no. And, and I, if, yeah, go ahead. The whole reason Obi-Wan is where he is is because he has that last piece, supposedly. Yeah, he has the last he piece Because he literally is the new hope. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And Ezra, you are not the one that's going to destroy the Sith. So... <sighs> so uh, it, it, it's actually bothering me now i'm trying to remember we've we've he- we've heard that before in star wars you already have everything you need can you get 
Where is uh, that? I believe that's episode five when Luke asks if he needs a weapon to go into the cave. And Yoda tells him, you already have everything that you need. Well, there was that one, but there was, I thought, could have sworn there was another one too. And I don't think it was Luke, but mm. I can't remember. So maybe I'm just going crazy like Maul. Um, but oh, uh, this episode crazy. with yeah. your uh, crazy monologue. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, but, but old Ben here says that the truth is also interesting. He, we got a nice foreshadowing of you'll find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own certain point of view when uh, when Obi-Wan says, the truth is often what you make of it uh, when, when talking to Ezra. Uh, so even now, he's, he's he doesn't mind bending the truth a little bit to, to get what he wants. Um, and that's because, you know, Ezra Ezra is confused, right? He, he, he thinks that, that Ben called him there, but it was actually Maul. Maul manipulated him. Maul led him here. And now the only one who's gained what he wanted is Maul. And I love how Maul's like, Maul, that, that's when Maul enters the picture and he says, me, <laughs> in response to, to Obi-Wan. <laughs> so, so chilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is when we get Ezra's exit. Um, he basically is like, I got this. Uh, Ezra, goodbye. I know you came all out here to warn me, but I already knew he was coming. And uh, and don't, don't forget, when you leave, don't tell anybody I'm here. Don't. Well, he didn't say that. Yeah, Maybe he didn't. it was part of, was it part of conversation off screen, maybe? Because I felt maybe. like at the end, oh, kind of he knew that. That he wasn't, I mean, I know this is in the notes for later as well, but like, I got the sense that Ezra knew he wasn't like, Obi-Wan was there for a higher purpose. And maybe he just is picking that up from the fact that Obi-Wan's like, I'm not helping you fight the Empire. What are you talking about? I've got my own mission here. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Ezra, it kind of draws that conclusion, but. I, I Yeah, that was, that's actually one thing that, that bothered me, Rick. So Maul, Maul sends Ezra away. Um, and. He tells him to head north, find a ship. Uh, well, he does tell him it was a ship, but it ends up being Maul's uh, knight brother, uh, the the gauntlet fighter. And uh, basically tells him to go home. He's like, get out of here, little kid. I want to I deal with this myself. And so Ezra Ezra lands on, back on Chopper Base at the end of the episode. And he tells the group that they won't be seeing Maul again. And he apologizes for running off. Uh, and they have this big hug and they all kind of reconcile and stuff. But he never tells them that he found Obi-Wan. Ever. Minor Uh-oh. detail. Okay, Not so actually relevant minor. to the story. Like, he kind of forgot a big thing. I don't know. This, the, the last surviving Jedi is actually around. This is a case where I'll actually defend the episode instead of attacking it for not showing okay. some stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, and if you look at it, they're ba- they're in the middle of the base, but it's not exactly they're in a secure. They're not in a secure room. You had people to get over here. You don't know what's going on around you. Okay. So it seems likely later that he might have gone in for a briefing with Hera. Um, and uh-huh. I can even I can even see a way that Hera gives a top secret briefing to Mon Mothma, and then that's how she finds out that Obi Wan is still alive, and that's how we get the scene in Rogue One where she's asking. Isn't she asking? I see if I'm recalling this correctly. She does she say asked, go contact your friend, doesn't he? Yeah. Yes. She, she talked about looking, having him contact his friend. Doesn't Wait a minute. Does she ask him, or is it? 
Oh no, that's right. You're right. You're right. Because his response is, "I know this. I know the right person to send." Okay, that's yeah, correct. Because yeah. I always get that mixed up. I always think that when he says that line, that he's going to contact Obi Wan, but it really means he's contacting Leia to go get Obi Wan. Right. Yep. Okay. All right. Right. So I, okay. I can I can justify the why they didn't show it on screen. I can also make a giant leap that that's how that happened. So fair enough. I actually kind of like that. Yeah. Fair enough. Ways. Yeah. I could I could buy that. Yeah. Uh, and now the now now the rebels have the gauntlet fighter, which is nice too. So who knows how that'll show up in the future? But I wonder if that'll play a role. <clears throat> well, we do. Well, see you it never you... know because you never know because in the next episode they did tease Mandalorians coming back. And you can actually see him flying it back to Mandalore in one of the a brief shot from the trailer, I believe. Oh well, there you go. So, so there does that mean go. now they've got they've got a third Phantom? Oh jeez, <laughs> it's a little big for a Phantom, I think. Well, it's it, it's a little it's a little big, but it's a lot nicer than that whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a sheath of peed, I believe the word. Thank uh, you. Okay, I really didn't want to start that again. I know. But... <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but also, I found it interesting that Maul's final words as Ezra departs to, you know, his final words to Ezra were, see you soon, apprentice. Yeah, and it should, it I, should have been, it should have been at the end of that, on the other side. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. But... No, that's, uh, that's about right. I did find that a little weird because I thought the whole Ezra as apprentice thing had kind of sailed at this well, and, point. But and in, I, I think well, I don't think and, he can't and, let go. Well, that's true from Maul's perspective. Well, he's going to have to now because he's split. <laughs> no, in Maul two. doesn't have. <laughs> no, I think Maul's split into four now, isn't he? Well, yeah, not so... even. <laughs> you know, uh, Maul's going to have to decide which side he's which side is going to train Ezra. If he's split in two, is it going to be the right side or the left side that's going to actually train Ezra? And how is he going to train with one hand, so man. or one arm? I, oh, we got to stop here. We're stopping. We've here. We, we've we've dragged this out long enough. So yes, I think we now now we get into the. We, I think we've danced all around the entire episode except for the final confrontation. We so, weren't the only yeah. ones that were dancing. If you take a look at that scene at the end, they were doing some <laughs> fancy footwork before it actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> all right tom okay thank you uh, you're very uh, welcome <laughs> um oh. but we so we finally get you know ezra's got out of gone he's out of the picture and one of the things i i loved and i i actually to be totally honest i missed this the first when i first saw it mm-hmm. um but ben says do you guys catch this he says that he will uh you know when ezra says he wants to make this right ben says i will mend this old wound mm-hmm which of course is a reference to the Visions comic Old Wounds, in which oh. Maul and Obi Wan fought on Tatooine. Very nice. Okay, I did not read that comic, so that went right over my head. I'd yeah. forgotten the name, but I remembered every like, everything else is straight from this is almost straight from the comic, right? They're they're fighting outside on Tatooine. Well, um, kind of. There, uh, Owen Lars plays a fairly big role in the comic as well, but yeah. Yes, sorry. I I don't mean that they they 100% adapted the comic, but the the setting of everything they did in this episode in terms of like the setting and stuff was very reminiscent mm-hmm. uh, of of old wounds. And so I just love that they acknowledge that in the dialogue itself uh for the the fans who um you know who 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 read that and who know that yeah, this is a this is a non-canon thing even from the legends universe. 
uh, before Legends was 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 removed from canon, uh, and so it's it's a nice little nod. Um, and you know, so so Maul and 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 Ben have their little discussion at the beginning, right? And Maul calls Ben a rat in the desert and says, "Oh, maybe I should leave you alive, festering here in your squalor, rather than kill him." Uh, and, and Ben tells him, you know, if you define life yourself by who you, by your power to take life, your desire to possess, dominate, then you have nothing. And of course, that, that kind of ticks Maul off, too. Naturally. Thoughts Naturally. on the whole lead up to the fight? Uh, it was, I thought it was a really nice way of touching on the fact that Maul has not really grown in the last, oh, I don't know. What did we say at the beginning? 30, 30 years. years. 30 years. Uh, but Obi-Wan has. I feel like, you know, if you think about Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars, he would have spent a lot more time bantering with Maul, you know, mm-hmm. something along those lines. The fact that he doesn't hear, I think, is really, really impressive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, un- not just through animation and or visuals, but a way of showing that, uh, you know, Obi-Wan's come a long way. Mm-hmm. Like, he is now the teacher that he needs to be to teach Luke. Well, he's matured, because when you take a look at him in the Clone Wars, he had the... Not so much the the throwing insults, but he had those nice little one-liners that would come out every once in a while, and he's grown past that because naturally he's older, he's meditated, he's knows where he's going, is which is protecting Luke and training Luke. So all that kind of stuff basically is now in the past, and now he's at he's comfortable knowing that I don't have to do that anymore, and he doesn't have to bait Maul because Maul inside is basically a burning flame that's ready to just extinguish itself because mm-hmm. he is just so consumed with hate. Yeah. 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 And, and it's not until, like we said, it's not until Maul figures out that, you know, Obi-Wan is protecting someone that they, uh, that the, the Obi-Wan ignites his blade and they, they, they prepare to fight. And mm. this is, I think where the show did something very unexpected. And, and I, I was surprised at first, but I actually really like it. Um, the bulk of the fight is actually just them staring each other down, Seven Samurai mm-hmm. style. Uh, Pete, I, I, I think you had some thoughts about uh, about this, especially the um, some of the you know, the way in which they prepare. Uh, didn't you? Um, yeah, it's they. I know that the Filoni and them have talked a lot about how. In, in almost in a way that these are two longtime opponents, I can almost see them as chess chess opponents who mm-hmm. played against each other so many matches that they know exactly what the opening moves are going to be for the other person. Um, and they talk about it in terms of samurai fighting. In term, these are sword masters that know the other person's moves, so it would be a quick fight. Um, but I, I just I my issues with this scene in terms of the length of it. We see a very brief encounter, and I would have preferred to see something more akin to what we saw with Kanan training Sabine when she's a, when she has that long monologue, mm-hmm. I would have pers- preferred to see something where Obi-Wan is more of the calm center. And, mm-hmm. and we get, we get some of this before the fight starts, but I would have preferred that as part of the fight. Oh, Maul circling yeah. him, attacking, sort of venting his wild madness about, I'm going to have my revenge about this. I'm going to have my revenge about that. I'm going to do this. And just let that emotion come through during the fight, as opposed to before the fight mm-hmm. and after the fight. Um, that's, that's sort of my issue with it. The, the fan in me, yes, would love to have more of a longer fight, but I also, I kind of like how 
how short it was, right? Because they, they, they stare each other down and Ben goes into his Obi-Wan pre-fight pose just from Revenge of the Sith, right? When he's going to get ready to face down Grievous with the, the, the hand outstretched um, mm-hmm. with the, the, the two fingers. fingers pointing. Pointing. Classic Obi-Wan. Yeah. Classic Obi-Wan, right? And then he shifts to more of a traditional uh, pose, not dissimilar to the way Qui-Gon prepares. He and yep. Qui-Gon prepare to fight Obi- uh, Maul in The Phantom Menace. And I love they like blend these these two fighting styles, and you you kind of see him transition from you know Clone Wars Obi Wan to a bit more traditional, and the camera focuses on each one of them getting closer and closer. It shifts their like shows their feet getting in position. It shows zooms in on their eyes, and then that's when they launch into action. And I counted their blades only connect twice. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um. It was boom, boom, and then Maul goes for the classic feint, the same move he used on Qui-Gon um, uh, when, uh, when he killed Qui-Gon, uh, the same move he used when he killed Qui-Gon in The Phantom Menace. And so if you look carefully, like, it's the exact same move, which I loved. Oh, I uh, that up. That's really neat. Yeah. I, like and, I said, I'm watching this again. And so he uses the exact same move that he tried 30 years before and, 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 and killed Obi-Wan's master with. And this time, Obi-Wan he anticipates it he sees it coming and instead he you know deflects it slices maul's lightsaber in half and maul's over he's dead that's it it was that fast and and maul like it takes him a second or two to realize that he's been killed um kind of like the phantom menace like when he gets yeah i was gonna say he got cut in half he's like (laughs) and then he realizes he's, he's dead um it's the same way well, here. He except... wasn't dead at that point because he. Ended well, that's up true. Back. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's true. He 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 did come back alive again. He was cut in half. Yeah. Um, but this time, two for you the know, price of one. He he is he, he is defeated. I I, I, just, I thought this fight that the, while the fight was so much shorter than I was expecting. Yeah. I kind of like it. Mm. it. It shows how powerful and how it, how good Obi Wan well, is. It, well, it I'm. Does... Go, no, Peter, go ahead. Oh, sorry. It it does show sort of it gives some depth to the fight in A New Hope where you it gives you more understanding that Obi-Wan really could have put up more of a fight against Vader. Yeah, but he chose not to. So uh-huh. it does some storytelling service in that direction. Mm-hmm. See, I liked it because now that I think about it, and yes, I originally complained that the fight was too short. OK, I apologize for that. I, now that I think no, about no, no. it, you can have your own opinions. Well, it I, I, I no, I I can have my own opinion, and I do believe the fight was too short. But thinking about it right now and having the discussion, I think what it did, it showed that Obi Wan was so powerful, and he conserved his movements, that he mm-hmm. let Maul basically take that last bit of anger and flame himself out, and have the flame burn out, and because Obi Wan was so centered, just a couple of minor movements. And the fight was over, and the flames extinguished. Because Obi Wan didn't move really at all. It no, was Maul like, who did most of it. Yeah, and and that just that just showed one how powerful Obi Wan has gotten over time because he didn't have to do all the dancing, acrobatic moves that he and Anakin did at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. All he had to do was a couple moves, show it was over, yeah, and it was so, done. Mm-hmm. The whole buildup to the fight was in their heads, just like real, real master, you know, real sword masters play out the whole fight in their heads. And then the actual fight mm-hmm. itself is very quick. 
and, and so the and scene think, is a, a homage to the seven samurai and, and i think for the fans like me the whole build up this week of like oh my god we're gonna get the fight we're gonna get the fight we're gonna get the fight the fans me built it up in their head it was going to be a longer fight but well, no. I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't put it just I, well, for on the me, fans. Yeah, I would yeah, also blame the marketing. And right before the episode, you had the head writer and co-producer Henry Gilroy tweeting stuff out like an epic, an epic duel or an epic battle or something yeah. like that. But it was so, a I good mean, feint. And, it was and a even feint. Disney, even Disney XD tweeted uh, tweeted out a, a clip of of mm-hmm. Obi Wan and and uh, sorry, Ben and Maul's fight. And if you if you watch it, it's literally the entire fight because it's just yeah. the, like standing there getting ready, and then as soon as Maul jumps toward Obi Wan, it cuts to the uh, Disney XD logo, but you still hear clang clang of the lightsabers. So they they w- between the the video and the audio, you literally heard the entire <laughs> fight between them in this clip they released the day before. Mm-hmm. Now, I, 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 sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Pete. No, go ahead. I, I don't want to drop this discussion, but I, if once we finish, I want to ask if anybody else had a problem with the way this was animated with the the, the killing blow. Uh, no, that was actually going to be my my next thought. So, Stephen, any thoughts on the, the fight itself before uh, we jump into the the killing blow? No, I was I was going to say basically what you guys have already said. Um, I think I would have been more accepting of the shorter fight if it hadn't been hyped so much, and if like. I felt like the episode was kind of dragging before. Like we talked about the stuff with Ezra was not necessarily, mm-hmm. we felt like essential. And so it's like, okay, well, we got to get through this so we can get through this big, this big, amazing fight. So it's like all this build up waiting and then it's over so quickly that I just, I feel like if this had been, if the first half of the episode would have been different, I would have felt a little bit better about the fight mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah. Had, had you spent more time with Obi-Wan, you wouldn't have felt, like you were robbed of time with him like oh they just cut it for time and they didn't they actually cut it for story mm-hmm. uh which is something that feloni said that you know they they thought long and hard about this scene right and they decided that they they really wanted to make it short um because it served the story it's not what fans mm-hmm. want it serves the story right and and so I, I think you're right there, though. I think fans, some fans got the impression that they were cheated out of a longer fight purely for time, that they wrapped that up so quickly. My hand is raised. Them, which, is, which is not the case, right? They always right. knew it was going to be short because they wanted it to be short because it had to be short. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that you spent so much time with Ezra early on made it feel like they just ran out of time. Yeah, and, and, that's, and like I said, my hand's raised because when I saw this for the first time, I was like, I literally, when it was over, I yelled, yes, I will say this, I was robbed. I, I'm i like, are you kidding me? It was that quick. But again, as it happens when we have these, these shows, discussing with everybody, it makes sense why. And I apologize for saying I've been robbed. I will say that right now. I, oh, it no, totally you makes to sense. apologize for it. Well, no, I will. I will because, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I'm an honest guy. But I, I really think that it served the story perfectly to have it as short as they did now that we've gone and discussed it. And and yes, Disney XD and everybody else, thank you for teasing us. It was going to be a longer fight. I <laughs> will get my revenge on you one day for making it seem like it was so much longer. But, um, Maul, you know, Tom's going to become like Maul, like Maul. He's going to 30 years later. Yeah. Oh heck no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, now wait a minute. Since we're going that route, you have got to applaud Sam Witwer 
for bringing Maul to life for as long as he did. And even in Maul's death, you've got to applaud Sam, Sam, applaud Sam Witwer for how he brought this character such life. Oh, yes. He's yeah. You have to. Done yeah. an amazing job. And it, it is kind of sad to think like this is the end of this is the end of Maul. Sam Sam truly he, he said he, he he does truly believe this is the end of, of Maul. Well uh, at the end of his story. Wars.com posted a right. Maul in Moran uh, in Memoriam <laughs> oh, video. It's the Oscars. Now, okay, now now here's the here's Which, the sad thing about this. I saw mm-hmm. that before the episode aired here on the oh, West Coast. No. So yes. no, they, they posted it as soon as it aired at um uh, on the East Coast. Yeah. And which sent a push notification to everyone who follows Star Wars and has the YouTube app installed, saying "Mall colon in Moran in memoriam." Yeah, yeah, that was not <laughs> the smartest thing. Hey, uh, but stuff happens. What do you do? And and a, and Rebels Recon tweeted, um, "Say goodbye to Mall" when they posted it a minute or two later. So I know some people were kind of annoyed about that. That probably wasn't the best decision. Whoops. Uh, yeah. You know what? But but stuff happens. What can you do? Since since the time change, you're never going to have anything. Well, time doesn't change. There is three hours between the East Coast and West Coast. So, you know, it, stuff happens. You can't but, stop the change any more than you no, can't you, stop the suns from setting. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh. It, it's not exactly like you could go in this episode thinking Maul was going to survive. Right. That's a pretty, no, absolutely. That's a, I mean, that's well, a pretty you have two stretch. options. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or three. They both walk away. Maul dies, right. Obi-Wan dies. Well, Obi-Wan right. clearly can't die. No. So is it Maul dying or they both walk away? Both walking away feels like a cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after doing ah- Ahsoka and Vader last season, I don't think they can get away with a fight that sort of ends with no. a, not no. a definitive end. Yeah. No, but but that's the thing. Time. If they didn't kill him off, how does he progress into the future of Star Wars? Right. Because he is not in episode four. Mm-hmm. Unless no, I don't think he fits as much in no. like no. that far into the OT. No, he and, doesn't. And as a character arc, he doesn't have anything left, anyways. This is the only thing I, in my opinion, the only thing keeping him alive is his ser- like search for revenge for Kenobi. Otherwise, yep. he'd probably would have died long before now, just withered away and died. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. But it is perfect that <clears throat> Kenobi was able to take him out again because you know if Dave Filoni even said bringing him all back to life kind of robbed. Uh, Obi-Wan of his victory in the Phantom Menace when, you know, he he takes out the, the Sith Lord who killed his master. So this is kind of a way to to bring that back and and let um let Obi-Wan have his revenge. Or not his revenge, but Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, William. What geez. type of Jedi do you think he is? <laughs> but this time Obi-Wan doesn't want to, right? But it still doesn't cheapen because remember we talked about it, right? When when Maul returned, it kind of cheapened the the death mm-hmm. uh, of Maul the first time around. And so but so the way he was brought back, you have to admit, it may have cheapened his death, but look at, like I mentioned before, he has become one of, finally, the greatest characters within the Star Wars universe, instead of being, in my opinion, cheapened by his death in episode one. Right. Right. So it made total sense that this would happen to him. Yeah. And he basically is going down as one of the greatest villains within the Star Wars universe. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. I, he's, he's fantastic. The yeah. thing we didn't talk about though, and again, <clears throat> uh, we kind of, we kind of danced away from this a bit, but uh, bringing us back the actual way he dies. Uh, Pete, I know you had a few thoughts on this as, as do I. 
<laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. Okay. Let's hear it. So we we saw him all get cut in half, literally bisected on screen, and he survived. In this scene, we see him possibly get a flesh wound to the chest that that that, that, that looks like it smokes a little bit, maybe. Yeah. And and that's supposed to kill him. I mean, so wait, Pete. Okay, hang on, hang on, Pete. Yes. What did you want? Like, at what point would you be satisfied that Maul is dead? What did I, you need to see in order to walk away? Be like, yeah, he's gone for good. You you could even I would take just a, the the very tip of a lightsaber blade through his back and then a quick okay. cut away to a different like angle at the scene. Yeah, but like okay. in Star Wars, we've seen limbs chopped off. We've seen we've seen more gruesome kills in the Clone Wars. And I know there's there's it's Disney XD. There's a certain audience level. You can't be too graphic. But I don't think they signified enough that the injury was significant enough to cause to kill him. It he just gets even, a small little burn on it, the chest. It didn't and... even look as severe as the wound that Kylo Ren got in The Force Awakens. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it's it's just like, okay, he cut his shirt open. Big deal. Now he's dead. I mean, he, so, he lost the will to live. That's that's what's going on here. Unless Maul is Snoke. <laughs> no. You heard it here first. <sighs> just that wait. could be. Could uh, be. You never know. Because um, you know we didn't. I guess I don't think Maul Snoke, but there is another theory that we'll get into it a little bit. But um, <laughs> n- you know what? I, I agree with you, Pete. I, I wish we could have seen uh, more of. Uh, I wish we could have seen more exactly like how Maul died. It was mm-hmm. too. It was too vague and kind of hand wavy. Um, I, I I believe personally, uh, based on like the way the smoke was rising from his chest and stuff. I believe he was vertically bisected this time. Vertically challenged? Uh, well, it didn't go all the way through, though. Yeah, it, didn't, it definitely no. didn't go all the way through. So It, was, it, it, it was probably like went, like, chest. I don't know, 99% okay. of the way. The blade didn't quite stick out his backside, okay. but, you know, uh-huh. like, like through, cut okay. through all the vital organs. Um, <clears throat> which theory. I think would be... Go ahead. Go ahead. Which I think no, would be, like, perfect if, if it is. I, 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 I believe... Well, so based on the angle that the smoke was rising, it looked like a vertical cut. Um... Because there was like a long string of smoke coming out of him when he when when Obi Wan was holding him later, and that's like so poetic in many ways because he was Obi Wan cut him in half horizontally the first time, and when that didn't work, he cut him in half vertically the second time, effectively uh, quartering him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, which Carry I think on. is what happened, and and the crew did joke about slicing him in half, sorry, slicing him into pieces and uh, like dicing him up and, and spreading him all across Tatooine, so. Okay, theory in this respect, maybe, uh-huh. maybe, because he was sliced, and let's say it wasn't a killing quote-unquote blow, but since he was sliced open, maybe it was the Night Sisters' magics that has kept him alive for so long that because he was sliced open, that magics actually left him, and that's what killed him, because it was the magics that kept him alive. If that were the case, though, I would have loved to have Crazy seen a theory. little bit of green smoke. Although I like Amy Ratcliffe's theory, but she's got a different theory that we're going to talk about. But that is a theory of possibly well, why, just because we never, because I totally agree with everybody. You did not see a lightsaber go through him. You only saw a vertical slice. Yeah. Again, yeah, yeah, it's too bad. I really, I, I, you're right, um, Pete. It is, it is the problem with this being on Disney XD. The Clone Wars would not have had an issue with this. Even the live action films, no issue. Mm-hmm. Disney XD, like, oh, we can't show a blade touching him at all. Has to be completely uh, are, safe. Are we sure? I feel like we've seen some yeah, pretty still gruesome the deaths idea. in he's, this. He's gone. Show. Especially when they do the the mall in memoriam. 
he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Amy, Amy Reckless theory go. was interesting though. Um, I, yeah, I, I go back and forth on this, but her theory is that, so Ahsoka, we know there's something going on with her, right? Uh, we don't know mm-hmm. if she's alive or dead. There's the, uh, you know, the, the, the birds that we keep seeing, the owls that we keep seeing all the time. Um, and whenever the force or maybe something Ahsoka related is happening. And so the theory is, I wonder it could, could Ahsoka be the new daughter on Mortis and Maul now the new son? That would be a question to find out if we actually visit Mortis at some point now that there's a fourth season. Yeah. I don't know if the, I, have I mean, theories are great. Mortis. Yeah, but 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 that's the thing. I like this theory, but unless we see something, let's say in in the comic books, in a novel, or in fourth season, it's only a theory. The only thing that kind of holds up is we keep seeing the birds um, that are attributed to the daughter now that Ahsoka's gone. Well, and I, my my I love Amy, but my problem with the theory is I don't. I think we've seen on-screen evidence that Ahsoka isn't dead, so I don't understand how this works. Um, I think that it's clear from what they showed us at the end of the uh, the duel with Vader after the temple exploded, she's walking into the catacombs below what had been the Sith temple. Mm-hmm. So I think she's walked away from the series, but I don't think she's somehow transcended to become um, like the daughter or gone to Mortis to become the daughter. Yeah, I would... Unless yeah, we go I, back and visit it again, I'd be very probably. surprised. I, I agree with you. So after after old Ben takes out Maul, I did find it fascinating that he, you know, he kind of cradles Maul in his arms in many ways, and and even closes his eyes after Maul takes his final breath. So it's very he he's he's almost very he's very kind to Maul in his in his final hours. Again, he doesn't he doesn't hate Maul even after all the things that Maul has done to him over the years, killing his master, killing effectively his girlfriend right uh satine um and uh that's the whole point of being a jedi isn't it that yeah no no one has reached the level where he is able to forgive put all this aside no and that Mm -hmm. that may have actually been my favorite part of the episode because you know you have that shot from the clone wars where obi-wan is sitting on the ground cradling satine Mm -hmm. and there's a tenderness there that you know the the regret that what might have been and in this situation he's cradling maul who has done nothing but hate him for like you were saying 30 years and he cradles him gently and he closes his eyes and he even the last words, he even doesn't correct him from his like misconception about what the chosen one is going to do. He lets mm-hmm. him have that last bit as he goes into death. It's a very, very compassionate and very, you know, ultimate Jedi way of handling the situation. And I think for me at this point, this was the, this little bit was so much an Alec Guinness moment i don't know why but Mm. how that last little bit was sounded just it sounded like and it was acted like what an old obi-wan would have done Mm -hmm. yeah it it's just so so well done the whole scene with maul and 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 men i i absolutely loved yeah very very well done um what i also loved though is the scene after Ezra goes to Chopper Base and forgets to tell his friends about the biggest news of all? He was he was mind wiped. Uh, uh, he, he like Trek. like like Chopper. He gets 
wiped after every mission so he doesn't know what happened. Um, <laughs> Explain, it, it really explains a lot. Yeah, it does. So back on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Yes. We have Obi-Wan on a do-back in the desert. Mm-hmm. Homestead in the different distance. And uh, a very familiar scene plays out. I got okay. Did you guys get chills when you yeah. heard Aunt Beru shouting Luke yeah. across the desert? A little bit, yeah. Okay, and then question. we see the dark outline of a figure run back toward the house from far away. It's Luke, freaking Skywalker. Okay, is that, his, is oh, that so his middle cool. name now? Yes, that's his little name. It's Luke oh. F. Skywalker. Luke freaking. Okay, interesting. <laughs> no, it's not, people. No, it's not. We have anyway. Um, yeah. Question. When the the Luke Luke uh, voice, uh-huh. did they? I'm just asking this because I don't know. Did they pull that from episode uh, from episode four? Yeah. Or was that? Yeah, they did. it was. It, like it was it. one of her okay. uh, takes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Then All then right. that was. Thank you for doing that because that was amazing. Uh, that really tied it perfectly into episode four. And now when I watch it again, it will give me chills because I kind of blew it off thinking it was uh, just, you know, maybe um, one of the voice actresses doing it. But now that I've asked the question and if it's true, then. Oh, no, no, no. <sighs> and it's very authentic, Tom. The the nice okay. thing about the way they did the scene as well is it's it's like if they had done it during the daytime, it would have been easier to confuse it with the scene that we saw from A New Hope if you're just a casual fan. Yeah. But since they did it at nighttime, you're able to establish that it's not that exact moment because they're using basically the, the exact line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. So it, it, like, my big concern was if they had done that as like the daytime shot, it would have confused some folks as to uh, where we are on the timeline because it would have made it seem like it's right before the events of A New Hope as opposed to like a year and a half or wherever we yeah. are. You know, it, it is interesting that the Dave Filoni in an interview with, uh, I think it was Gizmodo said that, um, they, they had to show Luke, not for the big fans like us, mm. but for people who are new to star Wars. Uh, because when you watch, when you watch this episode, it's not clear who Obi-Wan is protecting. You just know he's protecting someone. Right. And there are lots of people who are watching rebels, you know, as new star Wars fans who as shocking as this might be, have never seen a Star Wars film, but they're watching. Unheard of. But really? they're watching Rebels. Um, <laughs> and and so this scene is designed to show that Obi Wan is protecting someone named Luke, and they don't know who Luke is. But eventually, when they see a New Hope, they'll be like, "Oh, it's that Luke," and which so makes total why, sense. <laughs> yeah, which makes absolute total sense. Total, to- totally see the point for this. Which is very, very interesting. Also, fun fact, the animation model of the silhouette, Luke's silhouette, was actually Ezra Bridger. <laughs> oh, man. Then that's you why Ezra was in the show. Luke is Ezra Bridger. They are the same character. Whoa. Ezra is going to get mind wiped at the end. <clears throat> mind I mean, they were born a few days apart, right? They're both 17 at this point. Mind blown. Uh, so um, that's why they just reused the model. But I actually thought that was a 2D model at first. You know, mm-hmm. from from far, far away, because I I do love how, as much as I would have loved to see young Luke, I'm glad they didn't. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. this this was the right amount of Luke to have in the episode. Yeah, 
Yeah, at, at most, I think you could get away with showing the liars. I don't think you could really get away with showing Luke in the episode. I think that's just yeah. that's going too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it, I, again, I would love to see it, but it it kind of preserves that Luke entrance and that introduction for A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's just so good. And like the 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 lighting of the scene is is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, speaking of other things they're preserving for A New Hope, I was also very impressed that uh, Obi-Wan's name is never said in the episode because it's mm-hmm. a name he hasn't heard in a long time. A long time. Very true. Uh, which was uh, nice. Yeah. It, it reminds me of how in uh, Clone Wars, you know, they could never have Anakin uh, confront General Grievous because Grievous has his line about or sorry, Anakin has a line about how Grievous is shorter than he expected. Was it the other way around? Right. <laughs> um, one of those little lines that I'm sure is meant to be a throwaway in the actual scene, but it becomes very difficult to work around when you're trying to plan out, you know, multiple episodes of a show. But it was a nice touch in this one to make sure that we preserve the sanctity of episode four. Well, then maybe that's why when Ezra got back to the base, he never mentioned Obi-Wan. <laughs> I mean, you, you seem a little bitter, Tom. No, but you're right, Steve. I'm not they called him kidding? Kenobi. They call him General. They called him Master. Um, but they never use the word, the, the name Obi-Wan, which is just so perfect. Uh, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And and this episode ends with the, you know, with Luke's theme, you know, binary sets are playing uh, as as Obi-Wan watches mm-hmm. over Luke and the Malar's homestead. And we get that, that theme playing throughout the... Uh, throughout the credits as well which is such it was perfect it really was the perfect way to to end this episode yep yeah i no i have zero complaints with that i think that was that was another awesome scene in the episode and this that that choice of music there just works perfectly yep Mm -hmm. yep yep so i i thought they did a a fantastic job apparently there's a lot of deleted scenes for this episode uh more than ever before uh so much of it had to be cut for time um, because they they need to have more time for Ezra and Chopper. Uh, <laughs> here's, here's a question. <laughs> Sorry. Do you, do you guys think they should have made this into like a one hour special event and just yes. done a longer episode? Because hundred percent. Mm. Honestly, mm. The, the the first I... episode could have been the search for Obi Wan or or like oh, you... Oh, you know Ezra and Maul, and the second ha- episode would have been. You could justify even doing this as like a one hour mini movie special. Put it on ABC to help promote the series itself. Mm-hmm. I don't in, know. I'm, between... I don't actually know if that would work. You know, I, I kind of go ahead, Stephen. I say I could still see a half-hour episode that is less focused on Ezra and more focused on Maul and Obi Wan. Like I, I feel like if they had restructured the kind of premise a little bit as far as to how Maul and Obi Wan kind of finally meet each other again, it it could have been done in a half hour without too much trouble. I I'll take it this way. I I almost want to split the two. I think for an hour. Uh, and you can't do this on TV, but I think for an hour, it would be too drawn out. Mm-hmm. I think if it added maybe like one or two extra scenes to maybe make it um, 10 minutes longer to let the episode, I'm going to say this, breathe a little bit and get a little bit in, get, get, give it a little bit more space. You just want it 50% I think it longer. Pardon? I said, you just want it 50% longer. Um, 25 will work for me. That's fine. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry. You said 10 no, minutes longer no, on a 22 minute episode. I'm just giving you a hard time. I know you are. Uh, That's why uh, I'm playing with it. Um, yeah. But no, I, I think I think for a couple extra scenes, just to let it let it 
let it go yeah. just a little bit. No, I, I think going for an hour, I think so. I think it's going to get to the point where you're throwing too much of a kitchen sink in there. But if it's just a couple extra scenes, I think it would have worked very well. I the way it worked now is the way it had to, and it was again like it felt like two episodes, but it worked. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, at one point there was a lot more too. There was a whole search for, uh, search for for Obi Wan as we were talking about with a character named. Um, I think they they even they even had this this character named Muta Entago or, or, or sorry Engatu Muta Engatu. Uh, this 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 guy in a remote outpost. He was fully designed and, and cut very late in the game, but he was supposed to give Ezra a clue on on where to go next to find uh, to find Obi Wan. So. Yeah, there's like lots of lots of deleted scenes and 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 cut content, and I, I hope we see them on the on the Blu-ray. I would expect so. They're usually pretty good hope about so. that. Or at Celebration, we might very well see it at Celebration too. Lucky Celebration as well. <laughs> to be clear. All right, <laughs> are we ready too. for for ratings at the very end of this? Yep. The time. Anything left yeah. in this episode worth discuss for, discussing for another hour or two? I think we've exhausted. Mm, I think I'm good. This. Well, okay. If you're sure, I was going to launch into a very detailed discussion of Obi-Wan's beard in this episode and how it compares to his beard in episode four, but I can, we can leave that for another episode. Well, and there's also the comparison of, you know, Obi-Wan's beard in episode four and, and, and rebels versus uh, Luke's beard in the force awakens. Like there, there's a very dis- important discussion to be had here about the, the makeup of beards in, uh, in on old Jedi Masters in Star Wars. It's true. Oh, Did you know Lord. they they actually went through piece by piece and they're like, okay, so this hair you can see on Obi Wan's beard in Episode Three is going to be this hair in the animated show. Yeah, they, it's a one to one. Hair actually represents something important uh, to the show. Uh, <laughs> hey Pete, would you like to kick off the uh, rating scale for this one? <laughs> are, are we doing it in Obi Wan hair follicles? Is that is yeah, that the scale? Exactly. You know what? If that's yeah. what you want to do instead or of Womp Womp rats. rats yeah. No, 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 hang on. No. We have to do Womp Rats because we're actually on yeah. Tatooine for once. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's this a good a, point. This is, yes. a, in a, I mean, in the, the Clone Wars went to Tatooine a few times, but this is the first time Rebels has been on Tatooine, so we kind of have to do Womp Rats. Yeah. Also, yeah, we got to do Womp Rats. You know what? I'm giving this this episode a one Womp Rat because, actually zero Womp Rats because there were zero Womp Rats in this episode. <laughs> oh, they went geez. to Tatooine, didn't show us a oh, single Womp Rat. I, I disagree, actually, and I'll tell you why in my, in my rating. Okay, so <laughs> okay. Pete, Pete go, save us. Go, go first. Okay. Go. <laughs> I, I am going to give you eight Womp Rats roasting on Obi-Wan's campfire because there's no trees on Tatooine. What else is he burning? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Womp Rats roasting on an open fire. <laughs> Womp Rats roasting on an open fire. Oh. Obi-Wan <laughs> making <All> some <laughs> s'mores. <laughs> you know what, Tom? I'm, in order to cut you off, I'm going to ask, what it, how do you feel about the episode? Give me your rating. Because uh, I don't know if I can take I'm, any I'm more going, of that. I'm, go- I'm going along <laughs> like with Maul, Pete. Tom has lost this. <laughs> I'm going along with Pete. I'm giving it, I'm giving it an eight. Um, I like the episode. I'm not going to go any further with this. I'm going to take my eight Womp Rats, and my eight Womp Rats are going to actually do a full-on lightsaber battle split between half Jedi, half Sith, and they're going to spend a good half hour just duking it out until one is left standing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we're on Tatooine. I want to see a lightsaber fight. 
There you go. Might as well. Yeah, might as well. So I have an eight. Wow. Um, Well, I I thought this was a a very, very good episode. I would have, again, we can can nitpick here and there about why didn't Ezra tell people, tell his friends about Obi-Wan at the end? Or why didn't... um, you know, why did they spend so much time on Chopper Base stealing the ship? Like, yeah, we can nitpick, right? But at the end of the day, this really did deliver on the final confrontation we've been waiting for. And I I loved it. I thought they did a fantastic job. So, uh, and, and wow, seeing old Ben again was just so, so good. So I'm going to give this episode nine Womp Rats out of ten. Uh, and, uh, you know during during the the fight between Kenobi and 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 Maul um Kenobi slices Maul's lightsaber in half and we see his chest smoking a bit but but that's about it and, and there's a big question on like why how did that happen well to be totally honest what actually happened was Kenobi only cut Maul's lightsaber in half uh what you don't see again because the the shot was so up close is is nine womp rats jumping on maul's back and like stabbing him through the back with their little knives and then jumping off and so by the time the the camera cuts to to maul like you know he just falls dead and and that that smoke is like the you know the the burning womp rats okay um okay so actually steven when you're done i got a better thing to do with my womp rats go first (laughs) Okay, well, hopefully it's not mine. We'll see. No, I don't uh, think... So I'm go gonna, ahead. So I'm going to give it, uh, I think, a 7 out of 10 Womp Rats. Um, the, I, I still enjoyed the episode, don't get me wrong. I just It was not the episode I was hoping for for Maul versus Obi-Wan. Um, the last 10 minutes of it were a piece of that episode. The first half of the episode, I just... It just it didn't quite do it for me. Um, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was just not what I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, still a pretty good episode. Uh but let me ask you this question. I'm gonna, we're going back uh, a long way. So we see at the very end of the episode, Luke's on a ridge uh, as Amperu calls him in. Just what do you think Luke was doing on that ridge? <laughs> what, is, what do we know that Luke likes to do for fun on Tatooine? Blasting he likes to go to Tashi Station to pick up... Oh, I was going to say, he was, he, it was Tashi uh, Station to pick up some power converters. No, 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 he likes the bullseye womp rats. That's what he was doing. He was bullseyeing oh! seven of them, in fact, when Amparu oh! called him in. Steven wins. These, Steven, wins. Steven wins. Steven wins. The ultimate <laughs> womp rat. <laughs> he wins. <laughs> When Luke he says he likes the bullseye womp rats in his T sixteen back home, this was these were those womp rats. This is that moment. Great I'm, I'm standing. I'm applauding. <laughs> that is that is. I think after. I think we have to retire the womp rat rating. Like, I don't know, know where you'll go from there. I agree. I have to agree. I think for for as long as we have been doing from we talk clones to now. This is this is the perfect tie-in. And forget what I was going to do with my eight womp rats. You're hands down, man. Hands down. It's done. Well, well thank you. No <laughs> Bravo. problem. All right. So someone want to tell me what's about what's coming up next? What what happens next in Rebels? I feel like it's something important. We're getting close to the end of the season, right? Go ahead, William. Well, yeah, the next the next episode is the season finale. It is the one hour two part. Uh, episode zero hour season three episodes 21 and 22 in final preparations for their attack on Lothal Phoenix squadrons plans are disrupted when Grand Admiral Thrawn discovers their location Ooh, here we go he knows where they are he's coming for them 
It's go time. Let's do this. Uh, this is going to be a fun one. To be honest, I'm, I was probably looking forward to this episode more. But next week is the one where they, they, they're going to have to pay off Thrawn. If they don't yep. pay off Thrawn, yep. like that, that's going to be a thing what makes or breaks the character on the show. 100% agree. I totally really agree with to where it's going. Sorry, what? I'm I'm really curious to where it's going because we see in the previous Thrawn with his like uh, I think it's like the ATAT general helmet. He's got like the general mm-hmm. helmet on and he's he's on the ground. So I'm not sure because I would always think of Thrawn in his in the ship right. leading from his from the Chimera. Getting so I'm really interested in the to back. see how it's going. <laughs> <laughs> well, Aww. much much like. Uh, I, uh, you know, unfortunately, like dear since, since we don't have the Nogri, it's it's the Womp Rats that are going to stab him in the back. I want, I want the Nogri <laughs> so bad. Uh. All in good time, maybe. Probably maybe. not, but maybe. <laughs> yeah. we, we will find out next week. Yes, we will. Uh, very excited. So, uh, Pete, thank you so much for joining on this episode. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a ton of fun, too, guys. I really appreciate you letting me come on again. It's, it's one of those... F- occasional and uh and really enjoyable chances when i get to talk to you guys about the clone wars cool. or rebels oh thanks yeah it's it's always that. a pleasure do you want to tell people where they can uh they can find you yeah uh i've i'm writing for uh, C, uh comic book resources cbr.com i'm doing lists for them right now um so my last one was the 15 best he-man toys you can go on there and check it out or you can look forward to my next one i'm not sure exactly when it's posting but it's gonna be the 15 best star wars animated lightsaber fights Nice. So, I think that posted. I thought okay. I saw it. Um, so, and sure uh, that, that's going to include this one, right? Uh, no, it was written before this one. Um, <laughs> and judging by my lightsaber fight preferences, it's probably wouldn't have included this one anyways. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, people can also find you on Twitter as well, where you have all sorts of great uh, tweets about Star Wars. Uh, I always enjoy reading them because they're they're very insightful. Just be aware, I have some salty tweets about current events and other things that occasionally pop up as well. So <laughs> be warned, it's not all Star Wars, but when there's good Star Wars stuff to talk about, that's basically what my brain will be doing. <laughs> nice. As it should be. Sorry, well, I'm looking uh, on CBR for your article because I swear I thought I saw something posted about the 15 lightsaber battles. Yeah, maybe it posts tomorrow and I saw something. I don't know. Are you but, from the yeah. future, Tom? i don't know all right (laughs) Uh, and with with that we'll be back next week with our review of zero hour thank you for listening to the ion cannon podcast your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far far away including rebels the sequel trilogy spin-off films and more if you like what you hear please rate us in your favorite podcast client your reviews will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. You can visit our website, ioncanoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2017.